The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, uh, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, I'm in the midst of a series titled The Magic of Thinking Big, which is based upon a book of the same title by David J. Schwartz. And it's a fantastic book. I hope you are enjoying it. If this is the first time you've heard of this podcast, make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes because I'm teaching the book chapter by chapter. And today we're on chapter 11, how to turn defeat into victory. Now, before I start this chapter, I feel as though I need to address one thing that is unsaid in this book. Um, because the book talks about how to get out of a defeatist mindset, how to you know push through from accepting defeat and and going towards victory and the one thing or disclaimer i want to put on it is this Uh, i want to be very mindful of people's mental health there are many reasons why people don't achieve the things that they need to achieve or want to achieve and sometimes it's not just because you know they don't have enough you know, zeal or enthusiasm or motivation or inspiration to do it. There are people who have uh, serious uh, uh, mental health issues, you know, uh, issues that have been diagnosed, sometimes issues that have not been diagnosed. And if a person, if you're a person out there listening to this podcast and you're like, man, why can't I get my focus on whatever, you know, I would encourage you to, you know, just, you know, you know, see a mental health professional if you feel as though this is something that has been lingering or you feel, you know, you know, you know, that you're in a state of depression or things of that nature. Because when people write self-help material, uh, sometimes that conversation isn't there. And I think it needs to be there because um, depending on what a person is dealing with, uh, it can be very difficult sometimes to get out of a negative spiral. Sometimes you need help, just like the body heals itself. 
you know, cuts heal themselves and things of that nature. But that doesn't mean if you don't, if you cut yourself, sometimes you might need to go to the emergency room and get some stitches. You know, if you, um, you know, if, if you've eaten something that you weren't supposed to eat, maybe you might need to go get your stomach pumped. If you are in a situation where, uh, you know, you know, you know, you're having a hard time breathing, you might need to go to a place where they can, you know, put you on some oxygen, just give your body a chance to catch up. And, uh, and 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 give the healing process a boot. Well, it's the same thing with the mind, and we don't think of it that way, and I think it's unfortunate that there are times where you need a mental boost. This podcast in and of itself is a mental boost. It's a mental boost that points you to spirit, but it's still a mental boost. You know, workshops, seminars, self-help books, all of those things are boosts. You know, going to conferences, boosts. And sometimes, you know, it's pastoral counseling. Sometimes it's you know, mental health professionals or counselors. I want to make sure that if you feel as though you need help, go get the help. Sometimes it's people calling the Silent Unity prayer line or the Christ Universal Temple prayer line or whatever the church. I don't know. What I am saying is this. If you feel as though you need help, get the help. Go to someone who is... uh qualified and efficient to help you in the field that you want to get help in. So if you have some issues that you feel as though you need to address, you know, sometimes you need a boost. They're high performance people who need a coach. You know, remember, you can be exceptionally talented and not achieve the goals you desire unless you sometimes get the help you need. You could be Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant without Phil Jackson, Phil made a difference. And what I'm saying to you today is make sure that you get the help. Get in the class. Go see the mental health therapist or counselor. Go to the, um, you know, you know, talk to your pastor. You know, go to the workshop seminar. I don't know, but I just want to make sure that if you are feeling as though that you are spiraling at a at a rate that you feel as though that you're losing control, go see a mental health professional. So now I can teach this chapter completely um, without um, feeling as though I'm stepping on somebody's neck who already is going through whatever they're going through. All right, because, you know, in spiritual teachings, we should let love lead the way. We should let love lead the way. And one last thing I'll say about this, when it comes to mental health issues, previous generations really just told people to suck it up. And in my opinion, I understand what they were dealing with and they didn't have the luxury of many of the things we have now. But since we have what we have available to us now, we don't have to live according to those old paradigms. Your grandparents, your parents, your great-grandparents who just believed in sucking it up, doing what needed to be done, no matter what, you suppress your pain, you suppress your your frustration, you suppress your anger, you suppress... See, but it all showed up somehow, some way, negatively in other ways. It could show up in how they treated themselves. It showed up, you know, with uh, negative self-sabotaging behavior. Sometimes it showed up as alcohol abuse, drug abuse, um, you know, physical, mental, emotional, and verbal abuse. 
it, it can show up in various ways. So what you don't deal with comes back. What you don't deal with shows up. What you're unwilling to face, you can't fix. And I just want you to be present to that. All right, so now let's get into it. All right. Uh, page 236. He's doing this contradiction between uh, the you know average American and uh, Mr. Mediocre and all these other things he's using. So I'm jumping to page 236. We're in chapter 11, how to turn defeat into victory. Now, when it, we climb upstairs into the uncrowded world of success, we again discover people from every possible background. So he's saying there are people who say, well, my background is the reason why I'm unsuccessful. And I'm a big believer that environment does matter. It's not the only thing that matters. You still have to take responsibility for your life. But the context through which you are born and live or and raised and reared in does have an effect. But you can't let it stop you. You can't let it stop you. And I know that could be a hard mountain to climb, but you can't let it stop you. If everybody's been broke in your family, you ain't got to be broke. If everybody's been sick in your family, you don't have to be the one that's sick. If everybody has broken relationships, you don't have to be the one with the broken relationship. If nobody uh, achieved whatever levels of success you think you want to achieve in your environment, that doesn't mean you have to stay there. Not at all. Not at all. Just because you were raised in the hood don't mean you got to stay in the hood. You have to make the choice to get out. So he wrote, now when we climb upstairs into the uncrowded world of success. Now notice what the term he used. Into the uncrowded world of success, which means it's it's more crowded at the lower levels of success. All right. He said, corporate executives, leading ministers, government officials, top men in every field we discover come from poor homes, rich homes, broken homes, cotton patches, cornfields, and slums. These people who lead every branch of our society have experienced every tough situation you can describe. Is it possible to match every Mr. Skier role with a Mr. with a Mr. Mediocre and a Mr. Success on every score, age, intelligence, background, nationality, you name it, with one exception? The one thing you can't match you can't match them on is their response to defeat. I agree with this with the caveat. Uh, I do believe if I'm running a a, a race of a, a a hundred meters and I'm starting at the at at the uh, starting line and somebody else is at 20 meters in and another person's 40 meters in and another person's 60 meters in, that means I have to be more than double to uh, to be able to make up that. I mean, like literally 60 for like it's astronomical. So sometimes when when you read these type of situations or circumstances, you have to recognize that this is where terms uh, when I was growing up in a black community in the African-American community, we used to hear terms that that our parents would tell us, our grandparents would tell us. The term was in relation to dealing with white America. You have to be ha- you have to be twice as good to get half the chance. 
And that was the, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm not even saying it was right that they taught us that. I'm saying that as a part of my culture in America, being a black man in America, that's what I was told by my parents and grandparents, both sets of grandparents. You have to be twice as good to get half the chance because that was the experience. So that motivated me. It motivated some for other people. They didn't accept that. That's their point of view. My point of view was I'm going to make it. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have the good I desire. I want the life I want. And I'm not going to allow anybody to disqualify me or devalue me based upon race. That was my belief. But here's the thing. Maybe we should be doing something about a society that says I have to be twice as good to get half the chance. Maybe instead of just acknowledging that that's an issue, as a society, we should be trying to figure out how to transform it. So our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren don't have to be told the same thing. All right, moving on. So again, I agree with this with a caveat. Because I think you can come out of tough situations and with the right and if you can keep your mind focused, which can be a an astronomical job, I mean or a task, if you can do it, you can go forward and push through to your breakthrough. All right, so how do we do that? Let's get into it. He went on to say, when the fellow we call Mr. Skid Row got knocked down, he failed to get up again. He just he just lay there, splattered out. Mr. Mediocre got up to his knees, but he crawled away and went out of sight, ran in the opposite direction, so he never so he sure never to take a beating again. But Mr. Success reacted differently when he got knocked down. He bounced up, learned a lesson, forgot the beating, and moved forward. In other words, you're gonna bump into some obstacles in life. How you handle it matters. How you handle it matters. All right? All right. So he, he gives an example of a uh, person he knows personally. He said, one of my closest friends is an exceptionally successful management consultant. When you walk into his office, you feel that you're really uptown. The fine furniture, the carpeting, the busy people, the important clients all tell you his, his company is prosperous. A cynic might say, it must, have been, it must have taken a real con man to put across an operation like this, but the cynic would be wrong. It didn't take a con man, and it didn't take a brilliant man or a wealthy man or a lucky man. All it took was a persistent man who never thought he was defeated. Oh, I love that. Who never thought he was defeated. In other words, the setbacks didn't define him. All right? Setbacks happen. Sometimes you bump into situations and circumstances where you're like, wait a minute. I didn't see that coming. Sometimes it's a blindside hit. But the setbacks don't define you. The setbacks inform you. Know the difference. The setbacks inform you. What are they informing you? They're informing you, one, of what doesn't work. Or giving you the experience you need to be able to navigate and use wisdom later to be able to process and get past the thing. You know, and then he, he goes on to explain how this man had to, what he went through 
to start that company and create and create prosperity. What most people wouldn't go through. Let me just say this. Part of the magic of thinking big is the understanding that some people aren't hungry enough for it. For what? What's the it? For the, for the life they really desire. Some people want maximum results with m- minimal effort. And again, I'm not saying that it's not possible to leverage results. But you can't allow anyone that's helping you to out-hustle you, to out-work you. To, you have to be at a place to where you're working. And work doesn't always mean grinding yourself physically to the bone. But if you're not willing to put the time in, if you're not willing to put the work in, if you're not willing to strategize and plan and execute your plan and go back and take a look at it and bring and bring these ideas together, bring people together, work on it, what you're tr- seeking to work on. If you're unwilling to do it at the level of intensity that sometimes it's required to push through for your breakthrough, you won't have it. A lot of times people bump up and up against their own beliefs when they, when the work gets hard and then they want other people to do it for them. Or they just want to pass. Or they want a goodwill, their goodwill to be acknowledged, not their work and their effort. What I'm saying is you have to want it. And you have to want it bad. You have to want it. And be willing to put in the work. For example, when... I was the youngest teacher ever in the Johnny Coleman Institute. I recognized that that was a perception I had to overcome. So, you know, I'm, you know, you know, like 24, 25 teaching people. And I knew that I had to be more prepared than everybody else because I wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. The moment I showed up and then it sounded like I knew what I was talking about, I told you he was too young. He don't have no business teaching people. You know, he's still wet behind the ears versus showing up and never allowing preparation to get in the way of my effectiveness. So, so, I, so I was dedicated to making sure that I outread everybody. Like nobody's going to say they outread me. Nobody's going to be more prepared than me. Nobody will outstudy me. I'm going to master this craft. So when I open my mouth, people know I'm prepared. Now, that meant that that was, you know, when I was studying to become a teacher, which was two full years of class, 60 weeks of class, three nights a week, correspondence courses, had to, still had to pass a, a massive written exam, three-part written exam, go in front of an oral exam, a board of people, just to get licensed to teach in the Universal Foundation for Better Living. I was doing all of that between ages 20 and 24, which meant those were parties that were missed, get-togethers that were missed. 
TV shows that I wanted to watch, sporting things that I wanted to watch, because I wanted to be a teacher. That meant something had to be sacrificed. And let me just say this. When you want something in life, you're always at the counter of life sacrificing something for something else. You're always at the counter of life. There's, you know, you know, people just automatically think that you're not giving up something for something else. So I'm just accumulate this and I'll accumulate this and I'll accumulate this. But if you pay attention, that's not how life works. It's not. It's not. You're going to sacrifice something for something else. Now, you might be sacrificing it for the greater good. You know, you know, you, you, you know, you sacrifice your, you know, uh, your player days for a, a, a relationship of sub- substance and building a family and all, all that goes along with that process. You're giving up. Uh, and I'm, you know, and I'm not knocking the players out there. So if you are, if you're a player, please keep listening to my show. I'll just use this as an example. <laughs> you know, you're giving up the lesser levels of consciousness for higher levels. You're live, giving up no goals or low-end goals for high goals. So you're going to sacrifice. You're going to give up time. You're going to give up energy for something. Sometimes what you're giving up is procrastination. Mismanagement of time. I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. At the counter of life, if you want to be victorious, you're going to be sacrificing something for something else. You want to get in shape. You know, Reverend Wells has talked about this past Sunday how since pre-Thanksgiving, he's been eating sweets and pastries and different things, banana puddings, every night. And, he, you know, he has, he's, he has to get a handle on that. Why? Because you can't do that and then, you know, expect not to gain weight, for instance. Or have your body look the way you want it to look. You want to you want to lose weight? You're going to sacrifice some food. You're going to sacrifice uh, couch time for better food and exercise. At the counter of life, what are you willing to sacrifice? You want to transform your mind? Stop worrying. Stop gossiping. Stop getting into conspiracy theories and focusing on everybody else's stuff and put your time on your prayer work, your meditation work, your studying and things of that nature. You're going to sacrifice something for something else. You want to be free? You got to sacrifice that anger for forgiveness, not for reconciliation, but you got to sacrifice something. This is how you turn victory into defeat. You have to understand that it takes persistence to push through for your breakthrough. And when you study people of success, you will find out that many times they had something they had to push through for their breakthrough. They had obstacles that they had to work 
through, work over, go under, work around, whatever they had to do to get past it. Real obstacles. And once you understand what you're doing, then you can plan and plan success and understand success by being proactive about your victory. For example, on page 239. Well, let me say this quote first. Even though I just said it, but I want to read it verbatim. Page 238. Learn the background of the president of your company or the mayor of your city or select any person you consider a real success. When you probe, you'll discover the individual has overcome big, real obstacles. It is not possible to win high-level success without meeting opposition, hardship, and setback. But it is possible to use setbacks to propel you forward. So a setback can be a weight on your neck or it can be a stepping stone. You choose. So he goes on to talk about a sales friend, a friend of his on page 239. And the guy says, a sales executive friend of mine devotes one entire sales meeting a month to help his salesman discover why they lost important sales. Oh, man, that's that's fantastic. Okay, let's let let's discover what worked, what didn't work, what just needs improvement. You know, that's what I always tell the CUT staff when we meet. What worked? We'll look at the past Sunday. We'll look at the past week. Okay, what worked? What didn't work? What needs improvement? Some things that don't work just need to be discarded or acknowledged so we can improve it. What worked? What didn't work? Didn't work, excuse me. What needs improvement? If you take those three questions into the various aspects of your life, you will have a formula for turning defeat into victory. You should know what works. Okay, what worked? What worked about this? What needs improvement? What could have been better? What didn't work? What really didn't work? In other words, were there any breakdowns, real breakdowns that need to be addressed? Now, you could do that in marriage or relationships you can do that with your family with your children you can do that with your job you can do that with your business you can do that with your church you can do that with your non-for-profit businesses you can do it uh, where you volunteer you can look at the political world you can look and, and see and see what work what didn't work what needs improvement you can take these same three questions and place it on anything with your health your workout regimen, your diet. You can do it with anything. What worked? What didn't work? What needs improvement? And use those three questions to help you create a formula for success. So it looks like it's time for the break. So we're going to take this quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform.
we're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Let me get my quick commercial before we get back to the book. You can follow Christ Universal Temple and watch our services online every Sunday from 10.30 a.m. until noon Central Time by going to our website, www.cutemple.org, or our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or our YouTube page, CU Temple, CU in the word temple. You can also tune in to our daily inspiration lessons at noon Central Time, Monday through Friday, on our Christ Universal Temple Facebook page. We also have a collective consciousness call on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Our, our senior minister, Reverend Wells, has a Facebook show on Wednesday nights called Temple Talks on his Facebook page. Uh, I got, all you have to do is at Derek Wells. It should pop back up. It should pop up. And the Johnny Coleman Institute is starting its new winter 2021 semester online beginning on January 25th. So if you go to cutemple.org and click on classes, you should be able to see the classes and register. The registration for the classes are only $20. We take a love offering in every class. It's a 12-week semester, and you can uh, be taught via Zoom these principles with a teacher. I'm actually teaching on Wednesday nights beginning on January 27th. And my class is Open Your Mind to Prosperity. So if you want to tune in and study that material with me, I taught some material on this show some years ago. Uh, but, you know, I'm brand new every time. So make sure you come and check me out. So if you want to sign up for that class, I would strongly suggest you do so. And uh, we're going to take Catherine Ponder's book of the same title, Open Your Mind to Prosperity, and we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work because I'm dedicated to all of us living a more prosperous life, a healthier life, a happier life, because I know what's inside of you and I know what's inside of me. So let's get this good. Anyway, those are my commercials. So I got that out of the way. So let's do what we need to do. Uh, We do have a caller on the line. Um, Caller, are you there? Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? This is Maria. I called a few weeks back. Um, Maria, how are you doing? I'm having a lot of problems um, maintaining my strength, and I reached out quite a bit um, lately to medical care to get a psychologist. I was told by someone else to try some depression medication that I normally have avoided, but um, I've been in such a state where I'm barely functioning. And unfortunately, there seems to be some massive breakdown in communication across the board. And it's not something completely new. It's just I thought I was trying. I was changing my energy. Every appointment fell through. We made several. They dropped the ball with this medical system and it's just been a huge fight um, and continues to be where I 
said what I need to say. I asked for the help. I asked for the referrals, and it doesn't seem to be happening. Even my emails have disappeared from like six months uh, and other communication issues and the family issues with communication where they saw me really upset finally and that made them feel bad and they profess their care for me, et cetera, but their actions daily say the opposite to the point now where I don't want to speak to them at all, but I live with them. And so I'm just not in a really good place. And all I do every day is just try and help myself get out of this and try and get support. But I even called crisis lines. I called so many crisis lines and they just hang up on me or um, nobody answered or something like that. So it's just like I'm being walled. From... Okay. So, so let, let me, let me just speak very plain, um, very plainly to you. If if there's a situation, a circumstance where you feel as though, um, um, from my understanding, you're calling in and you're, and you're in need of some um, professional mental health um, support. If there's a situation, mm-hmm. a circumstance where you feel as though you're not getting what you need to the point of breakdown, if you have to go to the hospital, don't let you don't don't let this be a situation, a circumstance where you just spiral out of con- out of control and you can't and life isn't functional for you. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any advocates, but the conversation, uh, you know, family, people call email, things of that nature, energy. And I get all of that. But as I started off the call by saying, go get the help wherever you need to be able to get it in the meantime. So. If there's a situation, a circumstance, for instance, with uh, this is a unity ministry, uh, if that means, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to continue to double down to get the mental health issue, address the mental health issues, and if I don't, I'm showing up somewhere because I need the help and I need it now. Uh, you, you can't suppress the help. Go get the help. And then once, once you get in this, the help, follow through on whatever the actions that these mental health professionals are giving you. I'm I'm going to be reluctant to give a level of advice because I think it will be irresponsible. Um, you mentioned medication. You mentioned some other things. What I will say is the mm-hmm. spiritual support should be supporting that process. It's not an either or. It's an and. And mm-hmm. uh, I would strongly suggest, you know, that if you feel as though you're not getting what you, you need out of the process, out of communicating calls, emails, whatever, uh, continue to be persistent to get the help you need. Uh, you know, speak to people above uh, uh, whatever you need to be able to speak to and get the mental health support you need to be able to go through because there can be times just because of a state of mind that you're in that you can't see possibilities. And it's easy to interpret everybody's actions as being against you personally instead of sometimes they're making their own choices for themselves. I'm talking about with family, for instance. You know, Mm -hmm. it's easy to make everything a personal attack versus Mm -hmm. let me go get the support I need and then I have a better opportunity to evaluate what's best for me, what I need to be doing step by step. But that's down the road. The first road right now is you got to get the help. 
even if it means showing up in an emergency room. And, I'm, and I, I don't want to spend anybody's money, but I do know that when people tend to contact ministries and they're saying, I feel like, you know, everything is going wrong, um, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I would strongly suggest that you um, you let a, men, a, 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 a medical doctor or professional know that. Oh, I did. They didn't care. I'm not going to an emergency room, but I've tried management. I've tried case management. This medical okay. system. Well, I can't. Well, I can't speak to that because I can't do anything right. about that. You, you, you right. get my point. I care, but I can't do anything about what they did or didn't do. What mm-hmm. I can say is, if you feel as though that you're spiraling, then you have to figure out a way to get the help, even if it's not the way you want to get it. Which means if you got to walk into a hospital and say, you know what, I feel as though I'm having whatever and I'm not getting what I need to get. If it means you have to try to figure out alternative ways to get it, if that means researching and finding out how people, uh, maybe other systems, maybe they're non-for-profits that offer uh, mental health support. What I'm saying is, at this point, you can't stop. And what I hear from your voice, and I'm and I'm not saying this to pour on you. I'm saying this because you're calling it to the show and you're asking for some support. Is your conversation right. is about what everybody else is doing? And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's your life. Mm-hmm. It's your life, okay? And you want your life to work? Do you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. for real, do you? Yeah. Okay then that means everybody's not going to always show up the way you want them to show up. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Don't let that stop you. Unfortunately, there are rude people on, at jobs. Unfortunately, there are people who don't do what they're supposed to be doing. Sometimes that shows up as family members not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I get all of that. But it's your life. And what I'm asking you to do is do what it takes to get the support that you need to be able to do legally, responsibly, ethically. And if you feel as though that you're spiraling out of control, if somebody you call somebody like, well, they don't care, that might either be your interpretation because you're in the, the state that you're in mentally or you just got to go to somebody else. But don't let somebody else's mental position and disposition stop you from getting your own transformation and breakthrough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so I would strongly suggest strongly that you double down on figuring out how to get some help and get an advocate. Find somebody. I mean, Uh, Is there anybody, and just think, is there anybody in your world that you would consider a friend that can help you get the help? Even if you got to go to a local church, and you ain't even been there in 800 years, and say, you know what, I need some help. I've been trying to get the mental health support. Do you have anybody here that works with people to help them get the, the support they need? San Francisco is the church on every other corner. I've been there. I don't live there. I'm just in, I'm in the Bay Area. Okay. I'm not well, to yeah. The Bay it would be no different. It's still the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to be creative. 
find some support. Yeah, it has to be because it's not the help. first time I reached out for help, and it. Okay, I understand what happened in the past. You, 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 you're, 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 you're stuck on recycling the conversation. I'm talking about new stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to do new stuff, or you can talk about what didn't work, but you can't have both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be my suggestion, Maria. Uh, I really, um, okay. I, you know, I pray that you, you know, again, call the silent unities, get this prayer support, have people pray with you. But I would strongly suggest you take exceptional action in getting mm-hmm. the mental health support you need. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. All right, you all. So um, jumping back to the book, I'm going to um, talk a little bit about how he, uh, this professor had a student who wasn't going to pass a class. And the guy basically was like, well, I don't need this class to be an adult. I don't need this to whatever. And I guess it was a football player, and he, he wasn't going to pass in time unless he took the class over. And he explained to the guy about finishing what you start and making sure that you push through for your own breakthroughs. And what ended up happening is the guy ended up taking the class over again, and he learned from the setback. He learned from the setback. It's important that you understand that you can learn from the setback because there are times when we when we have our breakdowns that we just again we just want to pass to the next level without earning it. See, but what you earn, you keep. What somebody gives you, they can take away. This is why in New Thought we tell people to de- to develop the consciousness. To develop the consciousness, because when you have the consciousness of a thing, you can always reproduce it. Bill Gates can reproduce Microsoft. He has the consciousness for it. He knows how to do it. That's why you can see people who, you know, they they might slip up and they have their breakdowns. But once they get their minds recalibrated, they're able to build again because they have the know-how. They have the skill. They have the experience. They have the state of mind that they can do it. It's the consciousness, all right? That's why some people, when they... They just find money and money finds them. They have a prosperity consciousness. Prosperity consciousness. You know, uh, you know, I used to joke with one of, one of my friends um, some years back because like every guy she met would propose to her. It was like, the, you know, the strangest thing to me. Like, yeah, I've been dating only whatever. And she's like, yeah, this guy just asked me to marry him. And, I was like, and then you hear other people saying, you know, they want that experience and it never happens to them. But she has something, you know, and it just wasn't physical attraction because people are attracted to different things. It was just her consciousness. People want, guys wanted to be attached to her. I had a buddy of mine years ago when we were growing up, women loved him. He was just a part of his consciousness. It wasn't, uh, lying or manipulating or any just they loved him part of his consciousness and he, and he wasn't six five and 250 and all this other stuff it's just the consciousness of it well i'm trying to get you across to, to get, get to your understanding is 
when you have the awareness of a thing, when you have a consciousness of a thing, you can always reproduce the thing. The cook always knows how to make the dish. The cook always knows how to make the dish. That's what I'm saying. Are you the cook? Do you have the know-how? There's a difference between being a cook and a person who just, you know, you know, at a KFC or McDonald's or Burger King where it's, everything's basically automated. Do this, do that, do this, do that. There's no skill. Just because you work at KFC doesn't mean you know how to cook chicken. The chef always knows. All right. All right. So the author says on page 243, decide right now to salvage something from every setback. Next time things seem to go wrong on the job or at home, calm down and find out what caused the trouble. This is the way to avoid making the same error twice. Being licked is valuable if we learn from it. All right. Okay, let me turn the page here. He talks about how people think that success or failure is just about luck. He wrote, oh, and let me jump over that before that, page 244. I, I just want to read this. Being self-critical is constructive. It helps you to build the personal strength and efficiency needed for success. Blaming others is destructive. You gain nothing from proving that someone else is wrong. Now, this is this is an accountability conversation. You have people in business. Uh, you have you know things that are happening in the political world right now. There is accountability. This is this is not that context. This is talking about in the context of you learning what you need to learn to be victorious. All right, I just want to make sure I differentiate that because sometimes people will read that and automatically think what other people do don't matter. If you're a part of a you know a company, a family, a, a business, what you do affects the whole. All right, back to the book. Talking about luck. The bounce of a ball is determined by three things. Talking about some people say that's just the way the ball bounced. The bounce of a ball is determined by three things: the ball, the way it is thrown, and the surface it strikes. Definite physical laws explains the bounce of a ball, not luck. Not luck. Things just don't happen. There are causes that were put into effect by what you did or didn't do, what you said and didn't say, what you thought and didn't think, what you felt and what you didn't feel. Causes are put into place, but especially by what you said and what didn't say and by what you did and didn't do. Causes are put into effect. Just be mindful. Causes. And because the watermelon seed doesn't look like a watermelon, we don't see how the things we said and did created experiences that sometimes we don't like. And sometimes it's not as what we didn't say and what we didn't do that put those that showed up as a cause that will show up as experiences that we don't like. 
leave luck alone and deal with universal law. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. All right. All right. Let me give you a, uh, these points to close. Page 248. He gives two suggestions. First one is, tell yourself there is a way. Tell yourself there is a way. Tell yourself there is a way. Okay, this is an obstacle. There is a way. There is a way for me to get what I desire. There is a way. Because the moment you think that there is no way, your mind shuts down its creativity. There is a way. Now, remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. So, even though I was talking about sacrifice earlier, this is a different context. So, once you affirm this is there is a way, you just stay persistent in that mindset, and the way it's shown, if you don't do anything with what has been shown or whispered to your soul or intuitively led or the idea or the inspiration, if you don't follow through on it, it, don't make, it doesn't make a difference. There is a way, and I need to be obedient when the way shows up. All right? He wrote, it's believing there is a way that is important. He goes on to say, the real problem is that when most people hit the tar, things are rough barrier. They think only defeat, and so they are defeated. When you believe that there is a way, you automatically convert negative energy, let's quit, let's go back, into positive energy, let's keep going, let's move ahead. A problem, a difficulty becomes unsolvable only when you think it's unsolvable. Attract solutions by believing solutions are possible. Refuse, simply refuse to even let yourself say or think that it is or that it's impossible. So you got to keep telling yourself, there's a way. There's a way for me to get this breakthrough. There's a way for me to be healed. There's a way for me to uh, uh, gain better and higher paying employment. There's a way for me to get that house. There's a way for me to whatever. There's a way. And then the creativity starts. Number two, back off and start afresh. What this means is sometimes you got to walk away from something, allow your mind to ponder and contemplate. I call it uh, crockpot thinking. Like sometimes I put something in my mind and walk away from it. You know, like a crockpot slowly cooks food. Sometimes you step away from something and you allow it to just to slowly cook in your mind. And next thing you know, you have all type of ideas to work with. Because you didn't allow what was in front of you to stress you out. You just stepped away from it for a moment. Let me just step away from this for a moment and look at this. You know, let me go do something else. And make sure you capture the ideas when you do. You know, that's why some people, you know, they they like to do gardening. Uh, Some people, you know, they have different hobbies that they do. And it just helps to get their minds off of things, but it also helps to reboot. All right. You know, 
there are times when you need to walk away. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, almost every day at that I worked in the church building, I drove somewhere, I don't care how cold it was in Chicago, and I sat down to eat, even if it was in a fast food restaurant. And I would read, I would buy a newspaper, and yeah, I know old school, but I would buy a newspaper, it was a part of a process, eat my food, read the newspaper, take my mind off of church work. I wasn't making church calls while I was on lunch. Go call, you know, call a family member and a buddy maybe just to reboot. But most of the time it was just, let me sit down, let me eat, let me decompress. So when I come back, I'm fresh and ready to handle what's in front of me. Sometimes it's necessary to walk away to be more efficient. Not walk away to ignore, not walk away because you're scared, not not uh, walk away because it's overwhelming. Walk away because you're allowing your mind to reboot so you can stay in your creative space. And then you'll get ideas for victory if you follow through. The idea in and of itself is nothing. It's no different than placing a seed on your kitchen counter. Uh, a seed won't help anything until it's planted. You got to do something with the seed. And you getting ideas from God won't help your life one iota if you don't do anything with the ideas. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And there's no other way for me to say it. It doesn't matter unless you do something with the ideas that God gave you. So we got to wrap up because we um, it's almost time to close. Next week, I'm going to teach the chapter, use goals to help you grow. Use goals to help you grow. So make sure that if you want uh, some more of me, make sure that you sign up for my class. I gave the information. Go to cutemple.org. Sign up for my Open Your Mind to Prosperity class. Order the book online. Be ready on January 27th so we can make it do what it do. God bless you. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.